Welcome to the KHOW Podcast. You've joined a community who focuses on doing the word, living the word, and following the word. We hope you enjoy these messages. We are going to continue from Saturday's teaching, okay? So for those who were not with us on Saturday, it was quite entertaining in the beginning. And then um, we all came into the understanding of what God wanted to convey to us as we are in the month of me. And so we are in uh, studying or walking through discipleship this year um, as a fellowship, as a body of believers. We are coming together to be made into disciples so that then we are able to make disciples. The scripture says that we are to make disciples. The, this, one of the last things that Jesus said was that we were to go into all the world and to make disciples. And I will continue to say this over and over again. You cannot make what you have not been made into. Okay, And so we are being diligent and intentional about being made. So the first month we went, uh, we studied come, second month was abandon, third month was follow, and now we're in the fourth month of, of the year, April, and it is, the focus is me, me equals Jesus. So our theme scripture is, is, um, is uh, Matthew 4.19, which says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Uh, other translations will say, or I will teach you how to fish for men. So it says, come follow me. So we are on me, but me does not equal us. It equals Jesus. And so over the course of this month, what we are talking about is we are talking about um, making sure that we are not. Okay. So the first we talked about making sure that we are not um, missing what Jesus is really saying. Right. And this last Saturday, I, I gave a, a statement of what we wanted to make sure that we are not, and it confused people in the beginning, the way that I said it, and it was for a reason. It was intentional. And so we are to make sure we are not letting Jesus direct when we don't understand, okay? So basically what we're saying is don't stop Jesus's direction when you don't understand. And a lot of times we let ourselves stop Jesus's direction because we don't understand. Okay. So we walked through the story of the, um, uh, uh, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. We walked through Jesus's story um, of his own life and how his thing was, his, his issue was not understanding what God asked him, but understanding why. Because there are sometimes we have a hard time following the direction of God because we don't understand why he would ask us to do a certain thing. But then there's the rich young ruler who thought he had all things together, was knowledgeable, um, and comes to Jesus and says, how can I follow you? I want to follow you because you are good. And Jesus first directs him and says, there is no one good but God. And then he tells them the, the way to enter into the kingdom to be a disciple is to get rid of everything, sell all that you have and give it to the poor. And the Bible tells us that the uh, rich young ruler left sad because he could not understand why Jesus would direct him to do a thing. And because he was unwilling to let go of what he possessed, he missed possessing the kingdom. 
okay? And miss the opportunity to become a disciple of Jesus. We wanna make sure that we do not miss an opportunity to become a disciple of Jesus. So today I wanna walk us through scripture to give us another story of, um, of two people who decided to uh, stop the direction of God because they didn't understand. So we're gonna go to, I'm gonna read tonight, we're gonna go first to Genesis. We're gonna be in Genesis 16, 17, 18, and 21, but we're gonna start in Genesis 16. Okay, so I'm going to be reading out of the NIV version, Genesis 16. And one of the things that I want to remind us is that when we broke down the definition of um, understanding, it's to perceive the intended meaning, but also it's to be aware of someone's character and nature. Okay, and I said that our lack of knowing God's character and nature causes us to doubt his instruction. If you don't know the character of God or the nature of God, it can cause you to doubt the instruction given, which sometimes is the reason why people put a halt onto what God is asking or requiring of them because either they don't understand or they don't understand why. And it will always go back to the root is, do you trust him when you don't understand and when you don't understand why? Do you trust him enough to follow? Do you trust him enough to come? And do you trust him enough to abandon everything to be with him? Okay. And so let's start at Genesis 16. We're going to read verses one through four. And it says this, now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. So let me back up. Now, Abram will become Abraham. God changes his name from Abram to Abraham. And God tells Abram that he will be the father of many nations, okay? And he has told him that he will bear a child. Now, what we see here in Genesis 16 is because that has yet not to happen, his wife, Sarai, decides to intervene. So here's what I want you to know, is that when we don't understand a thing, we can decide to redirect the will of God. Oftentimes when we don't understand what God is doing, we insert ourselves and what we end up doing is redirecting the will of God, okay? He's told he's gonna be a father of many nations. They have yet to have a child. And so because of what God said, Sarah, who becomes Sarah, decides to redirect the will of God. And in her redirection, she takes her slave and gives her to her, her husband, and she immediately conceives. So let's go to verse five. And then it says, then Sarai said to Abram, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now that she knows she is pregnant, she despises me. 
May the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave is in your hands, Abram said. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. Here's what I want to say about those two scriptures right there. When we redirect the will of God, we will mistreat and, and disregard what we put in place. When you redirect the will of God, you will mistreat and disregard what you put in place. So it, you need to write this down. Anything outside of, of the will of God will bring pain and discomfort. Anything out of the will of God will bring pain and discomfort. And so when we decide to redirect what God is doing, when we intervene in the hand in the plan of God, a lot of times we then take for granted, mistreat or disregard what we have done because it is not yielding or bearing the fruit that would have come if we would have stayed in the will of God. And so because it is not the real thing, it is not what God intended, it is not what God promised, it causes a pricking in you, a pricking to your spirit. It rubs you the wrong way. Even though you orchestrated it, its job is going to be to rub you the wrong way because it is not the will of God, okay? So two things I want you to write down under this portion of scripture. Number one, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Let's go here. Let's go, uh, I'm sorry, let's go to Genesis 17 first before I give you these two points here. So Genesis 17, right? So she has mistreated Hagar. Hagar goes into the wilderness. The Lord finds her, tells her, talks to her. She comes back. She bears a child and his name is Ishmael, okay? Then we're gonna go down to verse 15 in Genesis 17, okay? God also said to Abram, as, as for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarah. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. And I will bless her so that many nations, kings of peoples will come from her. Abram fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Abram said to God, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Then God said, yes, but your wife, Sarah, will bear you a son and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and will greatly increase his numbers. He will be the father of 12 rulers and I will make him into a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. When he had finished speaking with Abram, God went up from him. Okay, so now God has come back and said, you will bear a son. And this son's name will be Isaac. And this is the son who is in the will of God and part of the covenant between you and I. So write these two points down. Number one, covenant can never be established with an action you committed outside of God. Covenant can never be established with an action you committed outside of God. Okay? So God says twice, my covenant is with Isaac. 
I'm establishing covenant with what I promised, not with what you made. And a lot of times we want God to bless the thing that was never intended to actually be. So what we hear is in 21, I'm sorry, in, in 20, Abram asked God and asked for Ishmael. I'm sorry, God hears him because he asked about Ishmael. And for Ishmael, I've heard you and I will, I'll bless him. But it has, it's not in comparison to what is produced in covenant. So number two, covenant is only established under the covering and blessing of God. Covenant is only established under the covering and the blessing of God. So God cannot be in covenant with what he didn't bless and what he didn't cover. He did not bless the union between Abraham and Hagar. But God in his sovereignty, because he loved Abraham, still said, but I will bless Ishmael because you asked and I hear you. That's the goodness of God that even when we make a wrong turn, he still hears us and understands that our intention was not to sin against him. Our intention was not to displease him. But because we are human, because we have uh, this, this frail flesh that is on us, he understands that we will make mistakes. But he is always desiring that his will be our desire. Okay, now let's go over to verse 18. So now we started with a wife who, who disobeyed the will of God and redirected the will of God because she couldn't understand that if God wanted something to happen and it's not going to happen through me, then I must have to make it happen. And a lot of us have done that. If I don't see it happening and it's supposed to happen through me, then maybe I'm supposed to make it happen. Or maybe you're just supposed to wait. Or maybe you're just supposed to trust God, just trust God. Maybe you're supposed to be patient. Maybe you're supposed to just inquire of him again. He says, I know what you have need of, but still ask. See, when God says he, has, he knows what you have need of, but still ask, he wants you to ask again, not for his benefit, but for your benefit. Because in that ask, he will reignite what he promised. In your ask, asking again, God will reignite what he promised. Okay, so Genesis 18, let's start at the ninth verse. So it says, so now at this time, men have come to where they live and they're speaking to Abram, Abraham. And it says, where, and these are the Lord's servants that have come. Where is your wife, Sarah? They asked him. They're in the tent, he said. Then one of them said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. And Sarah, your wife will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance to the tent, which was behind him. Abram and Sarah were already very old and Sarah was past the age of childbearing. So Sarah laughed to herself as she thought, after I'm worn out and my Lord is old, will I now have this pleasure? Then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year. 
and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. But he said, yes, you did laugh. Here's two points. Number one, we laugh at what we don't believe. Sarah laughed because she still didn't believe. After God has continued to send word, after word, after word, confirmation, after confirmation, she still doesn't believe. And a lot of us, God has spoken something. We've gotten confirmation, but we still want more confirmation. We just want to make sure that we know that God knows what he said. We want to make sure that what he promised is still what he promised. We want to make sure that it's going to happen because it hasn't happened yet. We just want to make sure that God is sure about himself. Because that's really what we're doing. Not, not, God, are you sure about yourself? See, Lord, like I know what you said, I believe, but are you sure that you're sure that you're still sure? Are you sure? It's really what we're saying every time we want, oh, I just, I, I wish someone would, I'm just praying for another confirmation. I'm just praying for God to send a prophet. I'm going to this conference and I'm praying that someone speak to me directly about what I've been asking God for. I just pray, you know, I hope a stranger will just pass by. Okay. So what we're saying is, are you sure that you're sure about what you're sure about? Because it doesn't feel like you're sure because what you're sure of hasn't happened. Are you sure? And we play this, are you sure game with God? And God's like, I'm certain. This isn't about my surety. This is about your uncertainty. It's not about my surety. It's about your uncertainty. And so number two, unbelief will cause you to lie to God. Sarah lied. <laughs> and it says, she was afraid, so she lied and said, I did not laugh. Unbelief? will cause you to lie to God. We've all done that, you know, act like, you know, and God's the God of the universe who created you, who knows you, why would you lie to him? But fear, because here's the thing that we have to remember. She already redirected God's will. She didn't believe the first time. Now she's laughed when it comes back again. The word comes back again. So she's still standing in unbelief. And now God confronts her. And instead of being real about where she is, she lies. Because here's the truth. There are some times where we have waited so long that even when God confirms a thing again, there's a part of us that's just like, oh, should I, should I, should I still hold on to this? Should, should I still be holding on? And instead of saying, no, I didn't laugh, say, Lord, I did laugh. And just like in the, 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 the father who believed said, I believe, but help my unbelief. Do you know that you can be believing and have a part of unbelief at the same time? And so instead of acknowledging where she was and being ministered to where she was, she lied because she had already done so many things against the will of God 
to create fear now in her heart and not a reverential fear. And now God comes to where she is, where before God was only speaking to Abraham about this. God was only visiting Abraham about this. Now they're like, where's Sarah? Oh, she's in the tent. They wanted to make sure that Sarah was in a, in a position to hear for herself. Because sometimes God will speak to someone else about something for you. And the question is, will you believe it when he hasn't said it to you yet? Sarah didn't believe it. So this time they wanted to make sure that she was in a position to hear it herself. Maybe this time if she hears it herself, it'll funnel through her spirit a little different. But she had built up so much um, resistance to the word because all she could see was the reality, her reality of where she was and not the power of God to step in through time and do something that only God can do. That's why he said, is there anything too hard for the Lord? And some of us are in position acting as if this hard, the thing we think is hard, God can't do. God is great at the hard things. That's why he's God. Okay, let's go to Genesis 21 and bring this home. Now remember, this is all about what happens when we don't understand? What can happen when we stop letting God direct when we don't understand, okay? So now we are in Genesis 21 and we're starting at the first verse. And it says this, now the Lord was gracious to Sarah as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the very time God had promised him. Abraham gave the, name, gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When, when his son Isaac was eight days old, Abram circumcised him and God, as God commanded him. And Abram was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, God has brought me laughter and everyone who hears about this will laugh with me. And she added, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children? Yet I have borne him a son in this old age. So now the, the, the laugh of doubt has become the laugh of joy. And so I want you to write this down here. God doesn't need you to understand. He just needs you to believe. <laughs> just that simple. He does not need you to understand. He just needs you to believe. And so I hear people well over what nurses and doctors would say is the childbearing age. We're not even talking about a few years. We're talking about a few decades over. But God says, but I made a promise. And if you want to keep boxing my promises in a time frame that you set, then you don't believe me. You don't believe me. And so I love this because in here she's, she's saying, now everybody's gonna laugh with me. They're gonna rejoice with her because here's what you have to realize that there are people who've been watching you and how you wait for the promise. And how you wait 
or don't wait for the promise impacts others people ability to wait or not wait for their promise how you wait for the promise or don't wait for the promise will impact all of those who've been watching you wait or not wait for your promise in how they will wait or not wait for their promise and so he doesn't need you to understand he just needs you to believe thank you for joining us on another episode of the k how podcast if you have any questions comments or concerns please feel free to email us at khowworshipla. That's K-H-O-W-O-R-S-H-I-P-L-A at gmail.com.